Welcome to Amplified Impact. This is the podcast where we talk about how to build better businesses, invest in real estate, and how to hyper-focus on the things that matter most so that we can maximize our return on life. I'm your host, Anthony Vecino, and I've written a few best-selling books, built a few seven and eight-figure businesses, and currently manage a $70 million real estate portfolio. But the thing I'm most proud of is that I managed to turn my ADHD into a superpower. This podcast is all about the stories, lessons, and strategies I wish I'd learned sooner in the pursuit of living a life beyond the apex. I'm psyched to have you here. Now let's go make some Amplified Impact. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. I thought I'd relocate us to a slightly different location today. We are sitting on the roof overlooking the beautiful Minneapolis. So if you are just listening to the podcast on like Spotify or iTunes or something like that, and you want to see this beautiful, well, you can't see much. It's kind of blown out behind me. But if you're interested to check it out, uh, do go over to the YouTube channel. We take all these podcasts with the videos and we repurpose them on a channel called Amplified Impact. That's where we put all the episodes. So if you didn't know that they're available there, they totally are. Um, now today, uh, I want to talk about five habits that are worth mastering, but I'm going to talk about five habits that are slightly different than all the other habits you typically hear people talking about, myself included. So I, I want these to be maybe new, maybe novel, or things that you've thought about before, but you had never really thought about them as something that you could habitualize. Because I am more and more convinced as I get older that habits are the most powerful thing in the world. Truly. Like I can't remember who said it, but one of my favorite quotes is something to the effect of uh, humanity or civilization progresses based on the number of tasks it can complete without having to think about it. So if you think about that, when, you know, we were hunter gatherers, we had to put a lot of thought and energy into like where our food was going to be coming from. Nowadays, we don't have to put much thought into it. We can go to a restaurant, we can go to the grocery store. And because that has been systematized in a way that we no longer have to think about it, it frees up our mind and our energy to go exploring other things. And so as a result, civilization has progressed. We've been able to move up the, the hierarchy of needs, let's say. And it's the same in our personal life. Like that's, that's an example of like a macro civilization based system, but in our own lives, like the more things that we can habitualize, then the, the more we're able to execute tasks without straining our cognitive bandwidth, which then frees that bandwidth. If we use it with intention to go and explore new domains of self-actualization, we'll say. And so these are, these are five habits that I think are worth mastering and working on consistently because uh, it's as with all things in life, it's a, it's a spectrum. It's never like a binary. Do you have this, this habit or this skill or do you not? And it's not a light switch. You don't just turn it on or off. It's more like the dial, the dial light switch is where you like crank it up, but it's a light switch that goes to infinity. And like, so you can always just keep cranking it. All right. So the first habit that I think is worth mastering is the habit of making good first impressions. I think this is so important because humans have been shown in psychological studies that we make our first impression of, uh, of another person within like a second of seeing them, not just talking to them, but of seeing them. And that first impression is so hard to undo. Like it is, it is so biasing towards how we will approach that person in the future, regardless of like how the second, third, fourth, fifth interaction goes, like we will be still so influenced by that initial impression that we have of uh, another person. And so it's imperative that we are intentional with how we, how we build first impressions. And this is something that 
in my experience, not many people think about. They don't think about how do I walk through doorways into new rooms, right? Because the moment you walk through a door, people tend to turn and look. And so that is likely the first impression most people are going to have of you is you walking through a door of all places. And for most people, they walk through doors on their cell phone with their head down or they, they, they walk through without intention. And so what kind of impression does it leave on a person when you're walked, walking through a door, hunched over, staring at your phone? Well, for most people, it communicates the idea that you're, you're busy or you're distracted. And the hunched over position certainly doesn't convey confidence. It certainly doesn't convey the, the competence of a person who, you know, walks with their head back, their shoulders back, and they have good posture and they, they're, they're tackling the world. In a lot of cases, our faces are kind of like plastered into resting bitch face when we're on our phones, not even thinking about it, right? Like we're just like deep in thought into whatever's happening. So our brow is furrowed. And those are not inviting characteristics, are they? They, that does not scream, ah, oh, that's a person I want to go talk to. And so if we want to make good inf first impressions, in my experience, it starts with the door. When you walk through a door being really conscious, if that person on the other side of this door, like if potentially your soulmate was on the other side of this door or the business partner that was going to change your life or the customer that was going to change your life was standing on the other side of this door, how would you want to walk through that door? How would you want them to first see you? What kind of impression? <clears throat> and this is super important. Like you think about superhero movies, like when they, they do like the superhuman or the Superman, the superhero uh, landing posture, or like they walk through like the way that you first introduced the villain or first introduced the hero in that moment of like, this is them stepping through in all their heroic glory is so damn important. And so some things that have helped me is before walking through a door, put a, put a smile on your face, a big smile, because people respond positively to smiles. Like we are just ingrained to do that. So walk through the door with a big smile on your face. Make sure your head is back. Your eyes are up. You're making eye contact with people. You're not avoiding eye contact. You're not, if you're introverted and shy like me, it's really scary to walk through a door and stare at strangers. And so you're kind of like, please, nobody notice me, but they will notice you. And so you need to own that, that, that moment of impact by looking at them and smiling, being warm and, and gradiate, ingratiating. And that will leave a positive impression. When you talk to somebody, you smile at them, you take their hand and you say, hello, it's nice to meet you. Repeat their name to them because everybody loves hearing their name. Be invested and make eye contact with them. These are ways of making positive first impressions that I guarantee are going to pay massive dividends down the road. Okay. The second habit to, to master is the habit of emotional control. I believe that if you cannot control your anger, then your anger will control you. If you cannot control your emotions, then you will be a slave to your emotions. And so it's so important, regardless of what you're doing in life or where you're trying to go, that you have emotional control, that you have the ability to, when you're feeling emotions, those big emotions like anger, or frustration, annoyance, when you feel those things that you're able to control and manage them because the people that I know who are most successful in life, they don't go flying off the handle when somebody cuts them off on the street. They don't get angry when somebody slights them. They might, they might not like it. It might, they might make a mental note of it, but they do not allow it to impact their emotional output. And a, a surefire way to know if somebody is um, going to be successful or they're going to succeed in business or whatever it is, is just to see how easily they get triggered. If they're, if you're the type of person who gets upset by what other people are saying on Twitter or Instagram, if you're constantly getting up in arms and like feeling outraged, 
then you do not have emotional control and that's okay. It's a progress. It's something to be managed and understand like some of us feel bigger emotions than other people. That's not a good thing nor a bad thing. That can be, that can be a strength and a weakness, right? Like our strengths are typically also our weaknesses because their strengths, because they are so out of balance um, relative to all of our other abilities. But that also then means that there's a potential for that to become a, a weakness a liability. So just understand your strength and your weakness are two sides of the same coin. Emotions are the same way. They can be a great thing. My girlfriend, Jamie, she feels massive emotions and it makes her one of the, the most giving people who has the biggest cup to pour out into other people that I've ever seen in my life. But it can also be a negative because then she feels very big, negative emotions at times. And that can be difficult. So emotional control, that is one of the most important habits that I can think of. Um, and it's the second one on this list. The third one, is the habit of execution. Now, in my experience, again, the people who are going to succeed in life, like there's a there's a strong correlation that the people who succeed in life are the ones who have an action uh, or a bias towards action. They have great ideas, but instead of just letting those ideas ferment or foment, they take action. They start executing. They don't just start executing like long after they've had the idea and they've perfected it. They start acting almost immediately. They take immediate massive action and they start executing. And I do think that the ability to execute becomes a habit. It becomes something that some people are just so good at doing, not just starting the thing and taking initiative and like getting the momentum going, but then having the discipline to stay with that task. Even after you've gotten through the honeymoon phase and it's no longer fun and super engaging and sexy, like it used to be now it's starting to get hard and starting to look a lot like work. Um, and this is probably the part of execution that most people struggle with is like pushing through that 70% where you're no longer motivated to do it. And you have to find a way to, to discipline yourself long enough to get to that desired end state, which is completing the task. If you are like I was um, for many years and in a lot of tasks, I still am this way. But if you are somebody that struggles with completing tasks, like you just start them, you're great at that. And then you have like a cemetery of great ideas with like 20% execution that you just kind of gave up and like got shiny object syndrome and moved on to the next thing. Then I would strongly encourage you to really reflect on those activities and like what's happening that's causing you to get shiny object syndrome. At what point do you start to lose steam? Because by being aware of what that, that trigger moment is, you'll be aware of it moving forward. And now you can start to make intentional decisions about executing with discipline rather than just relying on the motivation. I did a blog article and a bunch of videos on this idea that discipline is better than motivation. Definitely check out that video on the on the channel. Um, and this is on the Anthony Vecino YouTube channel. Uh, the video is called Learning This About Discipline Changed My Life. Truly, um, discipline is it's everything. It is absolutely everything. It is responsible for changing the trajectory of my life. And I think it can for you too if you struggle with this idea of finishing things. So that's a third habit I recommend, uh, really dialing execution. Number four is the, the habit of conversation. And some of these habits could also be skills. I don't know, like I'm getting kind of loosey goosey, but I, I do think being a good conversationalist is something that you can habitualize. And I think it's important because a lot of people these days don't know how to have a good conversation. They're just kind of waiting for their opportunity to start talking and maybe nod or grunt and agreeance. And the, the conversations as a result are kind of shallow and you walk away feeling like, oh, that kind of, that person's not very interesting. Well, the thing is everybody has something to teach you and it's your job to figure out what that something is. And everybody is interesting if you're interested enough in them, right? So it becomes 
um, uh, a challenge to you to figure out what makes this person interesting. What is it about them that could, that you could latch onto and become interested in? What is it about them that is different and unique? And when you start looking at people and conversations through that lens, they start to take on a different, different, um, type of importance, uh, just a different layer of depth. And as a result, the other person remembers you. Remember, this goes back to making good first impressions, right? Like conversations are how you continue that. And in my experience, like the best way to become a good conversationalist is to get really damn good at asking questions and realizing that in a conversation where somebody's going to re- look back and say like, that was a remarkable conversation. It's probably not because of what you said or how you said it or how much you said. It's probably going to be because of how well you listened and the types of questions, the probing questions that got the other person to open up and share and feel seen and heard. And that's really the key to a good conversation. Isn't really so much about what you say. It's about how you hear and how you show up for that other person. So that's, that's a uh, habit. Number four conversation. And the last one is the, the habit of poise. Poise is one of my favorite concepts. When I was a rock climber, I was, I, I did not enjoy heights, full transparency. I wasn't like a, an adrenaline seeker. I, that's not what I enjoyed about climbing. I enjoyed the fact that it was challenging both physically, but also mentally that there were the, inevitably these moments on the cliffside where your body is reacting in such a visceral way. and Success or failure is predicated then on your ability to control, again, emotional control, to control that biological reaction. And the people who end up being the best climbers or the best entrepreneurs are the ones who, despite the fear and anxiety and the strong emotions that they're feeling in a moment, they're the ones that are able still to approach and move forward with poise. And so this is a this is a this an idea that I would teach to our students who are climbers is you're going to feel fear up there. And the goal isn't to, to not feel fear, right? The, the goal is to show up in the face of that fear with bravery and poise. And poise, what I found is that when you, when you show up and you take control of your body and you look relaxed and confident, even when the internal gremlins are screaming their heads off and you're like, you're, you're internally freaking out, but externally you look calm as a cucumber, then your internal state starts to follow and take cues from the external. And this is something that's been very, very interesting in my life with rock climbing is if I approach it and say, I'm calm and collected, despite the anxiety that I feel, I can then move forward regardless of those, those strong internal emotions. And then what was always funny is like people afterwards, they would always comment. Like I would get this comment a lot, like, Oh, you looked so in control up there. And I did not feel in control but I did not allow that lack of internal, that, that feeling. I did not let that bleed into my external appearances. So that means not making like super grunty, try hard faces and like instead approaching this and saying, this is easy. I'm in control. I have, I have power here. And what I found is that the, the mind often takes cues from the body. And so poise in business and investing and your relationships, I think it's one of the most powerful concepts because it also allows you to to kind of distance yourself from those extreme emotions and approach them more logically and more, more rationally. And in a lot of cases, the, the strong emotions that we feel are, they're born out of like this, this fear of, um, this idea that we're in danger. 
that we're no longer in safety, that our equilibrium is being disrupted. And so we're trying to get back to that state. And sometimes just by being poisoned, saying like, regardless of how that feels internally, I'm going to approach this as though everything is fine. You start to realize like your rational brain starts to unlock and say, oh, actually, this isn't so scary. This isn't as bad as my mind is making it out to be. I actually am safe right now. So those are five habits. I, I don't know if you'd call some of these habits, maybe they're skills. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But these are five ideas that I think are really important for developing. And hopefully they're five that you maybe haven't thought about recently. So that hopefully they gave you something new to think on, something new to chew on. But uh, as always, guys, I appreciate you being here. Um, I'm really excited to to keep sharing these, these, these lessons that I'm learning in real time with you guys. So as always, thanks for the opportunity to, to talk. Let's join in the conversation though. Let's not make it a one-way thing. Go to YouTube, to the channel, whether that's the Anthony Vecino channel or the Amplified Impact channel, leave a, leave a comment. Let me know what, what are some habits or things that you're, you're working on right now that we can all kind of learn and grow from together. So as always, we'll see you back here tomorrow, but until then guys, stay hyper-focused. Hey guys, I love, love, love that you're listening to the podcast. I truly hope it's bringing you just a ton of value. But if you ever wanted to check out the video version of these podcasts, then you should head over to YouTube. You know, they're going to have more effects, more visual stuff like that. And that that can help the message sometimes just hit a little bit different and, you know, reinforce the, the lesson in a better way. So you can check that out. It's completely free. Go over to YouTube, search for Anthony Vecino. It'll pop up. And if that's not what you're into, then cool. Just enjoy the show and let's get to it.